This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Easter weekend, so happy Easter from the Phillies organization and Pine Tar for breakfast. I'm Kevin Franzen, and today, this morning, I got Joe Dillon to talk hitting, talk about his new relationships that he's developed with his hitters and how he's staying on top of them. I'm going to ask him all that stuff coming up next right here on Pintar for Breakfast. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there coming, coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pintar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen. At Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Hit me up on... At any point in time, Lisa Luciano, she hit me up on Twitter saying thank you for bringing more and more Phillies content, so you're welcome. I'm hoping that uh, we do this often and and kind of gets your mind off of what's going on in the world. Anyway, uh, today I have Joe Dillon. I'm going to call him, and we're going to talk and talk a little hitting, talk a little about what he saw in spring, how difficult things are as far as being able to stay in touch with guys or not so difficult staying in touch with guys. But just overall experience in a shortened spring training and a shortened, you know, new introduction to the Phillies organization. And Joe's always great to have on. So why not? Let's bring him on right now. When you're new to an organization, you think that you're going to have an entire spring training. Then the first part of the season, you get to know the guys, you get to know uh, personalities, their swings, their thought, mem- you know, anything and everything. And one of the most personable guys I know in this business, as far as a hitting coach and everything goes, is Joe Dillon. You're hitting coach of the Philadelphia Phillies. Joe, what is up? Not much, Franny. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I've just been – I got lots of time. I mean, really. So I was just thinking, <laughs> who better than to talk to you? Because, I look, I bring that up, um, and I think it's important. You're a relationship person. Like, you like – the interaction between people you like the you like to listen like you like to hear people's thoughts that that's like my always been my one thing with you um so you get to a new organization for the first time in years you know with the washington nationals in the minor leagues uh to the big leagues you have a comfort level about knowing people around you within the organization now you're going to a new organization you had off season obviously but you get that human interaction and now it's cut off. Like, how how tough is that for you? Well, it's real tough because, I mean, it's, you know, especially coming in new to the organization, that's, you know, first on my list is to get to know the guys and kind of get to know some of their thought processes and what they think and, you know, what, what motivates them as, as players and as people and, you know, all those different things that, that come into play. And obviously when, you, when you, you start out, you hit the ground running and, you know, spring training, you're fighting for time and, you know, we got so many players in, in camp and um, just cu- trying to learn every, everybody, everything and the new organization, you know, combination of everything. And, you know, I, th- I felt um, 
you know, our, our coaching staff is unbelievable. Just helping me kind of through that process as well as the front office and organization. I mean, it was, it was, uh, as advertised, you know, from the outside looking in, obviously the Phillies have a, have a reputation of, of being very employee friendly, taking care of their people, very loyal. Um, you know, every, every, all the players that I know that have played with the Phillies and, um, you know, been in the organization as a player or as a coach or in some affiliation like yourself, you know, everything that, that was told to me has, has, has been 100% true. And so that, that obviously made the transition better and easier and quicker. But at the same time, you know, digging in and starting to get comfort level with the guys and, and starting to make some some good headway and felt like I was getting in the spot where I, I was able to start helping some guys, you know, work through some things and bounce some good ideas off them. And then, you know, this thing happened. So we threw on the e-brake and everything stops. Everybody scatters. <laughs> And, uh, there's no and, drifting on this one either. Like there's no, no fun no. drifting. It's just like straight e-brake. You know, like you've seen space balls, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know when they go to ludicrous speed and then they just hit the brake on the whole thing and he flies all the way. Th- That's what it feels like right now. Lord helmet, like just <laughs> right, right on Darth, Darth helmet on the whole thing. So uh, exactly. When when you look at like you know your job is as hitting coach and you know so many times we talk about you and I have it's more mental than anything and and being a coach you you may have one guy that's raking you got nine guys that are struggling you know it's it it, 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 there's never there's a give and take every time um how long do you think it took for you to listen number one to give your opinion because I feel like you're one of the best seriously at just sitting there listening observing not saying you got to do this you got to do this you got and just letting things play out for you this year in this spring training being new in the whole thing how long do you think it took before you really felt like yep i i i'm going to say it now um i think that's you know that's kind of the art of of the coaching piece of it is everybody's different and so that that window that you're talking about is going to be different for everybody um, you know, some guys are going to be more, more open, more transparent, you know, sooner, like, Hey, whatever you got, I'm, I'm all ears. Let me know. You know, I, um, some guys are like, Hey, I'll be able to sort through anything you got. Let me know. We'll bounce ideas off each other. Other guys are a little bit more what was guarded that? and <laughs> <laughs> you're open book. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Say it. I'll do it. Hit off one foot. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Does it help me rake. Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, so to answer your question, I think it's everybody's different and, and um, you know, those those opportunities present themselves at different times for everybody. Um and I think that's the trick and the art of it uh, of the coaching piece to it and and waiting for that you know, it's it's all timing, like like you said. It's like when is the right time? Everybody's different. There's really not a right exact right time you know, to, to talk about, but it, it, that, that presents itself differently for everybody. And those are times you really got to be ready, be prepared and, and have some, some, you know, good information, some positive things you can, you can add uh, to help, help your guy out. Are there teachers in your family? No. Because I mean, like what you, I don't know, you sound like me talking about certain things and I learned it because my parents have a combined like 80 years of, uh, public school teaching uh and and so being able to listen being able to understand right right from the beginning that everyone is different and everyone's going to have their different needs and and different thought processes and all this stuff 
Like I knew that from a l- early age. It's not like a know-it-all thing. It's just it, it's just ingrained. So what? How did that get ingrained in your mind? I think you know just from playing. You know, just from the different experiences I had through playing and and being around some really good coaches. Um, you know, obviously, you know my connection with Kevin Long, who's with still with the Nationals, and you know he's he was my mentor as a you know as a player and as a coach. That's the last book um, I've ever read too. The cage read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think it's one of those things that he wished he never did. But <laughs> if you ask him, but I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, you know, but with with Kevin, that's you know, I think Kevin is the best people person that I've I've been around. Like he can he can connect with so many different people. You know, so many so many different backgrounds. Um, just the energy and stuff that he brings. Like he's you know that that's kind of what makes him special. And like people ask me, like Joe, has he always been like that? I said, Yeah, he's been like that since I've known him. He hadn't, he hadn't, he hadn't changed. He hadn't changed one bit. He was the same way in two thousand when we were grinding in Double A in the Texas League. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't changed. He's always had that gift. And I think just from being around him from, you know, twenty years now. Um, oh, has it been that you know, long? Yeah, I had him two thousand. Uh, two well, actually ninety nine instructional league was the first time I got around him, yeah. and then I had him. Yeah, then I had him as my hitting coach in 2000, 2001 in double A. And then, you know, I kind of, I, I would go out and stay with him in the off seasons, you know, pretty much for the remainder of my career when I crank up hitting. And so I think, you know, just kind of being around him all those different years as he evolved as a coach and then I evolved as a player and then, you know, coming full circle. And then when I began coaching, obviously he was a big impact on me, but I think just observing him through those years and the way he handles some things, you know, obviously we're different, but there's also some really good things that I learned from him. And, you know, I think that's kind of where the foundation of, of kind of understanding timing and, and watching him work with guys, even though I, I, I would see some things and he would see some things he would wait. And I'm like, you know, why are you waiting? He goes, ah, he's not ready yet. And I'm like, well, how do you know? He goes, well, just kind of one of those feel things you got to, you know, experience and, and go through and he's hundred percent right. And so that's kind of one of those things like, you know, we all see things, you know, I know you think, see things up in the booth. And you're like, man, what's going on? I, I know Joe probably sees that or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, where are we addressing whatever? And so it's all timing and it's all about the opportunities to, uh, to, to connect with the guys and, and move the move the needle forward. Well, and, and, and I'll bring, be very transparent. Like last year I had a conversation with John Maley, the, <clears throat> the hitting coach, and uh, I, I asked him about like Michael Franco. And I said, Mikey, you know, like, you guys tried to close him off, try to, you know, like certain stuff. And, and I, I was just asking questions and he got defensive on it. I was like, dang it. I'm not trying to like, that's the stuff that you see up, up top. Right. You see, mm-hmm. um, and, and you're just wondering, you're like, I'm not trying to coach here. I'm just like, this is the observation I see. And, well, don't you think? And I'm like, dude, I know your job sucks. <laughs> like <they're, laughs> you're trying anything and everything, because if you're at the big league level, as any coach you were grinding away trying to do your thing so I, I i totally i see things i've kind of held off from saying anything at all normally uh because i don't know it all i don't know what you guys have worked on uh behind the scenes and so i think sometimes i i, I hold judgment on that um but you know the bigger the bigger thing i have to ask is like being, being around kevin long who is arguably one of the best if not the best hitting coach that's been around and in a long time, if not the ever, ever, um, evolve, you know, like you said, he evolved, like, how did he evolve? Because I mean, like there's, there's so many things that I feel like are so consistent with him 
like drills. Obviously, technology's gotten involved in in so many different ways. But you're a drills guy. You learned that from him. I mean, each each one's got to be suited for that guy, that player. How it, did that get you know to crazy levels with him at, in Washington? No, I mean, I I, I think that's kind of one of the things that makes him makes him really good. Is he you know he he knows what he's been doing it for so long. He knows what works. He's got his foundation that he he works from. Um, you know, there's certain drills that he likes to fall back on, like we all do, um, that we, we know addresses certain things and it kind of works, work things, certain things work for everybody. They're all going to do them a little bit differently because they're individual, but at the same time, you know, they're, they work really well. And history says that, you know, with the success he's had. Um, but I think the evolution that kind of what I'm talking about is just the more and more you do it, the more and more people that you come in contact with and, the more different ways you learn how to say things and, and present things and um, work through things and, you know, the different experiences you go through with guys struggling or, or having success and all those different things, you just kind of build your tool belt up as a coach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so then when you do have that, that next guy and you got more tools in your tool belt to, you know, to attack them with and try to help them with. And you know, I think that's kind of what the evolution I'm talking about is, you know, as, as well as, like you said, the new stuff, the technology, those are just new tools that we have to help the guys. And so any, anything we have that we can, we find that can help our guys, you know, we're going to dive in and see how we can use it and utilize it to, to get our guys better and, and go from there. Is there a drill or something that you implemented in, in spring and not when I say implement, like you don't mandate these things, but that you felt like the guys, certain guys uh, kind of were I'm not going to say mind blown, but kind of, you know, at that, that point where it clicked for him, like, whoa, this is awesome. This is a drill that I should, why haven't I been doing this? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, some of the, the machine work that we did, um, you know, I think it's kind of a, a newer train of thought of, of working with, um, you know, the velocity, the game, the game type speed training, um, you know, I think it's been around the last couple of years, but from a player's perspective, I know for me as a player, I didn't like it as a player because I didn't, I didn't feel good doing it. But, you know, the one thing I try to explain to all the guys is like, look, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And it's going to help you in the games. And if you change your mindset and like, look, all right, this is going to be really tough. I'm probably not going to have a lot of success. But when I get out there in the games and, you know, the game slows down for me, I'm able to make more, better decisions so on and so forth, it's it's going to be productive. And ultimately, that's what we want is success in the games. And so I think just kind of explaining it to them, selling it to them that way, and, and then the guys jumping in, and then next thing you know, they're all lining up in line waiting to hop in and compete together with it and, you know, kind of became a, you know, a team thing and a fun thing at the same time, kind of, get, you know, getting your butts kicked a little bit. But then all of a sudden we go out there and now the bats are better you know, better decisions, more hard contact. And, you know, we're seeing the fruits of their labors pay off. And, you know, I think, I think that's kind of the one thing I think that's a little bit different that I do, you know, other than, you know, the, the normal hitting coach that, you know, I think that the guys really bought in well and, and kind of became a, a team thing that we were doing. Well, Jason Ochert, who is the minor league hitting coordinator, uh, he and I've talked a lot about it with the, ability for him to you know bring in new thoughts and in the driveline way of thinking and one of them was in their teaching is like, look as a great hitter a very good hitter you're you're successful three out of ten times so in bp why would you want to be 
an 830 hitter, 850 hitter, you know, like everything. And so why not challenge at game speed? And it's a thought that, you know, I got dominated by the machine on a field. <laughs> dominated. <laughs> and I think more than anything, it's all about confidence. And the more you do it, obviously things are going to get better and uh, decision making. But, okay, so when you look at velocity and you look at the, the machine, what is the one area where you feel like it changes guys? Like, is it the timing part? Is it the decision-making part? Is it the actual contact part? Is it all of the above? Def all of the above, for sure. Um, you know, I think one of the ways that that I, I I attack it is we we're constantly changing the environment with the guys. So we're having, you know, we're basically changing time and space. That's hitting, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's all about timing and, and space. And, you know, the pitchers adding, subtracting speeds, they're basically adding and subtracting time and space, right? So... We're trying to duplicate that in the cage and, and theoretically off the machine, it's harder to time up because it's, it's, you know, me or Pedro or, you know, we're, we're feeding the machine. So it's, you know, you don't have that, that smooth, you know, yeah. the, the human out there that with the pitching motion that you can, you have some time to, to get on, get in sync with it and, and time up more, more consistently, which that's kind of the point of it, right? Is so if, if it's harder to time the machine, now you get in the game, you got a human out there and it's going to be a lot easier to, to time up. And that's the whole goal. If we get on time more consistently, you know, it's going to create that, that chain reaction of, of positive outcomes of get, get on time more consistently, make better decisions, more hard contact. And, and that's how we're going to move the needle that, that, you know, that way. So that's the whole thought process behind it. So you're, you're, you know, you're, hammering the guys on their timing they're having to constantly adjust and adapt the, the timing component of it you know obviously within that timing component now it's putting pressure on them to make decisions and make good decisions in the cage and you know and that's gonna have a direct impact on on contact so you know to be honest there's not a lot of guys that make a lot of hard contact consistently in there and that's yep. okay and that's and that's kind of one of the things that you're we're getting them to embrace um, because like you said, we don't care if they're making a lot of hard contact in the case. Now there's days they're going to come up in there and wear it out. And that's awesome. And that gives them, and that kind of gives them that. Yeah, I got, you know, like you, you, you want that every once in a while. Right. Yep. But they know consistently it's not going to happen. And, and that's totally fine. Once you embrace that, it, they're, they're training it for a different reason. And it's like, we basically tell them it's, we're training above the shoulders, you know, training the brain. So I'm not worried about the, the hard contact, so to speak in that, in that setting. One, one thing that you do off the machine and, and, you know, you'll have guys do is they'll start at the plate, then they'll move up closer to the machine, right? Yep. And and get closer and closer. Well, I learned that from Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds was the first one I've ever seen Ooh. do that. And I he would do it one-handed, and he would get, like, five feet from the machine and still rake. It, I swear to God, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I would do that as a pinch hitter. And I think – I don't know if you saw it in Washington. I would do that. And I would – you know, generally, I would start at the plate, and I would get up to about – 30 feet from the, the, you know, the pitching machine and then go back and it helped my eyes. It helped everything. A couple of the guys I talked to loved that. They were like, I've never done that. I was like, I felt like that was something that was so, you know, two thousands, but not a lot of guys <laughs> have been doing it and you, you implemented it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I worked with a company called S2 cognition. Um, really, really good stuff they do it's basically cognitive testing so they're testing guys like uh cognition their ability to process information and make make quick decisions and there's different skills that the guys have and so i i kind of digging in with those guys you know worked as a consultant with them on the back end of it trying to develop the player development side of, of their product and um remember remember paul phillips the catcher oh yeah 
um, you know, Paul and I were teammates through the minor leagues and became good friends. We coached together in Miami, but he's working with this comp- with the company now. Um, and so, you know, we, we helped put together the back inside of that. And um, so kind of learning the science behind everything, you know, and, and really understanding how the brain works and, and how the brain makes decisions on that side of it really got me to dive into that type of training and really see how useful it can be and how productive it can be for the guys. So you get through the entire, you know, spring as we know it, um, not through the entire spring as we're getting there, but the, uh, the last game in Tampa, then everything shuts down. How have you been able to stay up with the guys? Um, obviously, technology is awesome. You could, you know, FaceTime them. You could Zoom them. You could do whatever you want. Uh, is there something you're doing with the hitters right now that you're able to, to stay in contact with? Yeah, I mean, just the normal, you know, basically kind of – this is obviously something new, right? There's no playbook for this. This is something that's never happened before. Um, but we, we, we do know that at some point in time when we do get an opportunity to start back up, we're going to have, you know, three to four weeks to prepare. So, you know, it's a short and spring training, but we still don't have a date to work back from. And that's what all these guys do, right? We know when they're going to, when we're going to start and, you know, where's our, where our date is and we'll back it up and, and prepare accordingly to that, to that start date. And so that's the one thing we don't have right now is a start date. So it's tough to, to go back and all right, well, you guys need to be doing X, Y, Z because we really don't know when we're going to start back up. Right. So mm-hmm. we've been trying to keep them. Hey, let's try to treat it like December, January, somewhere in there. Um, you know, obviously if there's things that we did in spring training that you want to keep, you know, obviously try to keep those, those different feels and, and some of those routines and, and, you know, basically some of the work that they were doing, having success with try to try to keep implementing those things as well. To, to the routine, but really treat it like it's a January in the off season. Um, you know, and then, you know, a lot of the guys have have access to, you know, whether they have cages at their house or nets or whatever they can use. Um, and some guys don't. And so some guys are picking up right where they left off and the other guys, you know, we've been communicating with them, trying to get creative with them and at least keeping them uh, in swinging shape. You know, just t- talking with the staff, we've come up with a couple solutions for guys um, uh, to, to continue just to swing the bat. Um, with some different programs and some different things that, to keep them just rotationally healthy. And, and so when we do crank it back up, you know, they can hit the ground running and we, and we can continue to go. Well, one guy you spent a lot of time with in the offseason talking to, working with a little bit here and there was Reese Hoskins. And Reese, I, I felt like towards the end, when you talk about decision-making and you're talking about a guy that understands the strike zone and, and, and everything, was starting to, you, you know, really understand his new setup uh, I'm not going to say new swing because everyone's swing is virtually the same. You just change some, you know, <laughs> your feet up, your your hands might be different, but your swing is going to end up being the same. But his decision making within that that new setup was starting to click. Uh, did you feel that, or or you know, were, were things still? I mean, everything's going to still evolve as a hitter uh, for Reese. But I mean, that's the one I was kind of upset because I was like, we're on the verge of seeing him just start to really get going right now in spring. For sure. I mean, and that, that's the thing is like, I, I was very pleased with, you know, what he was able to accomplish in the off season and then showing up to spring training. I really liked where he was at. Um, you know, obviously the human element piece of that is, you know, he, once he gets out there and he obviously going through the bats, you know, he is going to feel different because he, you know, he's doing something a, a lot different. It's going to feel, even though it looks minor to the average person, you know, for him, it feels completely different. So his, his, 
his way that he's getting on time and, and getting his body to move and getting the positions that he worked on off season. You, you put that in a game and, you know, things are going to feel different. And then obviously there's results. He wants to get results as, as we all, as we all do. But, you know, so I think there's that once he started getting those results, he relaxed and trusted what he was doing. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for him. I mean, I think he's going to have a great year. Um, you know, we saw glimpses of that. He was, like you said, I thought he was really starting to get comfortable at the end there. Um, but overall, you know, just from talking to guys that have been around him the last couple of years, you know, his BP, his work, everything was really, really good. Um, a lot more consistent and kind of, you know, more of a well-rounded guy. He was using the whole field more, um, spraying the ball all over. You know, he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark and BP, you know, to all fields and, and really driving the ball, which was, which was really good to see. And, you know, he said he really hadn't been doing that in the last, last several years. So, um, you know, I'm excited for him and, you know, obviously, except for all the guys, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back going and, and see these guys go to work. Well, I think the one that I had, I had locked in at 40, was it 43? 43 and 130 was Bryce this year. Uh, and seriously, that, that was my January. And it wasn't just because, um, you know, he was a Philadelphia Philly. I was just thinking and seeing and knowing this guy is on the verge of doing, a, you know, something great. And so you have plenty of experience with Bryce with Washington. You see him here. He's eight for 16. He's got six extra base hits. He's got 11 RBIs. Uh, what, if any, is different with Bryce from when you knew him to now? Um, for me, I, I think the one, the one thing that really stood out to me is, is just maturity. You know, I think sometimes we feel, I mean, we forget how young he still is because he's been in the big leagues for, you know, seven years. Um, you know, I, he, he's, you know, he's obviously we know how talented he is and how special he is, but you know, I think the one thing, you know, you know, getting married and, and, you know, having, having his baby crew, um, you know, I think being, you know, going through the whole free agency and, and in Washington and, you know, obviously get, we know the contract he got. And then last year, you know, coming to a new city. So I think all those things, the last couple of years, you know, just really added to, his, his just his, his development, you know, as a person, as a player, um, he's more mature. I mean, he was in for me. He was in the best spot I've ever seen him. You know, just from a personal perspective. See, I told you that. I told. Yeah. You. <laughs> like he is the guy that you would show up before everyone would be there, and you'd talk, and it'd just be. It, it was just Bryce, you know. Like there wasn't like the. I'm not saying Superman, but like when people would come in there, he would close up a little bit. He's always open now. Like he's just like he's just free. It's awesome. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, you know, again, like those experiences we just talked about, I think, you know, I think he's, he's, he, I think he's always been really comfortable in his own skin, but like, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, like you said, I think he's kind of, he's really comfortable where he's at. I think he loves, he loves Philly, loves the organization. He loves his teammates. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things lining up for him and, you know, I, I, I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, I, you know, I wasn't around when he had his, his MVP year in Washington, um, but you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of those same things and, you know, even at a level with, you know, a couple of years of maturity under his belt on top of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm expecting big things out of him, which, you know, he's going to do big things regardless. Um, but we'll see how, how special, you know, a year he can have. And, you know, I think he's primed to do that. Yeah. And another guy that I feel, and, and we're talking about like the big name guys here and Reese and Bryce and the guy that I feel like is most like you, as far as mentality wise, get down to business. You'll joke when when you want to, like you like as a player, you didn't joke around a whole lot because you knew what the task at hand. Uh, as a coach, you would joke around 
you know, and, and lighten the mood when it needed to be lightened up. JT Real Muto is that. And I, I wanted to know, like, what your, your first couple takes on him were because, for me, I, I find the two like-minded like 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 minded guys, like yourself and him, it would just hit it off perfect. Yeah, he's he's special. Um, you know, I got a chance to be around him a, a couple spring trainings when I was working with Miami. Um, and, right. yeah, so in 16 and – yeah, in sixteen and seventeen, so we had we had a little bit of history together, um, and so that that always helped. You know, there's obviously some comfort level there. You know, before we worked together, so that that definitely helped. But yeah, he's you know he's special. Um, you know, we know he's he's the best catcher in the game, and you know I think he's he's an, he's you know he's a MVP waiting to happen. You know, here in the next next couple of years, you know whether it's this year or next year, um, I think he's that that special and. You know, he, he's a tireless worker. Um, you know, he's a machine. He competes. He does, I mean, checks all the boxes that, that you want. And um, he, he was fun to work with. He's open to trying whatever. And, you know, there's not much we need to do. There's a few keys for him that we, we, we keyed on, real subtle things that I think will make big differences for him possibly. And, you know, those are things we worked on. But he's, he's special. He's awesome. I'm, you know, again, looking forward to him, watching him play every day. All right. On a team perspective, uh, one of the things that we talked or I talked about a lot during spring training on the air was uh, the amount of execution that was going on. The, all the little things, whether it was defensively, um, offensively, pitching, covering bases, backing up bases, cutoffs, all this stuff. Well, on the offensive side, the moving guys over, getting guys in, they're, they're doing everything that you could possibly think of for a winning ball club. Was that emphasized, number one, and number two – like, had, had you seen anything like that from beginning of spring training to the 20 game mark, like the, that you guys were showing? Uh, not really. I, <laughs> the, the guys have done a great job. And I, I mean, I think it's a, a testament to the, to the front office and the, and the personnel that they acquired, you know, just, you look at, you look at the, even the NRIs, um, that they brought in, you know, just the quality of individual and, and player that they brought in. You know those guys competing for those last couple spots on the bench. You know it's quality across the board. Um, I thought I think they brought a level of professionalism in. You know, adding on to the already the core group that we had here. Um, but I, I, it was it was pretty fun to watch. I mean, just the way they went about their business and you know executing all the different situations. And you know the thing we were just talking about is just like let's let's play offense together. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's together. do what the game dictates. Yes. Yeah let's do what the game's telling us to do. And we play offense together. You know, it's going to, it's going to be better for everybody at the end of the year where they look up and everybody's going to have more, more runs scored, more, more runs driven in. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's going to, you know, equal up to a lot more wins for us at the end of the season. And that, that's, that's the main goal. And, and it was, it was fun to watch and, you know, just pro after pro at bats and, and hopefully we'll continue that the whole year. Well, yeah, in Dunedin, one of the last, you know, games, travel games that you guys had, it, it, you had BP there, which is rare for the Phillies to have BP in Dunedin against the Blue Jays. I mean, you had an execution round the entire time. Like, you can't get to the next round until you execute all, you know, six, seven different uh, scenarios. And and for the first time in a, in, a, in a while around here, I saw competing in BP. Guys were competing, and not with each other, for each other. And knowing that, you know, to get that next round, the good round, you got to execute. And that's something that I, I just feel like is is going away. And 
we could talk about new school, old school mentalities all the time. And, and the old school is always going to be like, you got to get a bunt down. You got to do this and that, all this stuff. And I, and I totally understand when it needs to be. But when it comes to getting a guy over, getting a guy in, I feel like that's a standard. That's a staple in baseball that should never go away. Is Do you agree with that thought or, or is something different? For sure. No, I mean, I, I think there's a time and place for everything. I mean, you know, if you're obviously the matchups, who's throwing, who's pitching, who's hitting the situation, of the game, all those things are going to come into play for that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, being able to play team offense and, you know, when, when the game dictates, you know, we need to move a runner over, you know, to obviously to increase our chances to score a run, we, we need to do those things. And, you know, we definitely have the personnel to do that. And, you know, that's where it starts. And then, you know, from there, it's about playing and execution and, and playing offense. I mean, you look at any other sport, you know, like the the Patriots, if it's, if it's fourth and inches, they're not going to throw a Hail Mary. Yeah. You know, they're going to, they're going to run some uh, design play to get a couple inches to move, to move the chains and, and get a new set of downs. And, you know, it's, it's no different in baseball. You know, you play offense, you got, you, if you got Jacob DeGrom on the mound and you got a man on second, no outs, we need to figure out a way to get, make a productive out and get him to third. So we got to, that's going to double our, basically double our chances to get that guy in from third, you know, versus second. So, um, it just depends on on who's out there in the situation, but absolutely, I mean, I think it's that team offensive perspective and and playing for each other, playing offense, and you know, those are the things that we saw. I think in spring training. Well, I think that's the mentality that was missing for a while, like around here. And I'll, I'll be very upfront on that. Like when it comes to facing a Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, you get a runner on second, nobody out early in the game. You gotta find a way. You can't play. You know, too many times the thought was you gotta play for the big inning. It's like screw the big inning against a guy like this get him on the ropes first get a couple of runs across the board then let's talk about the other stuff because i mean it, you got to go the first steps and that's score a run against them and that's a that's a mentality that i feel like if you watched each you know like not for you but for for us for fans you watched each spring training at bat there was a competition level but within the scoreboard right the scoreboard is the greatest coach on the whole thing guys were t- even in spring it was impressive that's why i was like that's why i bring it up you don't have a lot of guys that just want to execute during spring training. You have a lot of guys that are individuals and want to compete for themselves. You had guys competing for each other, and that was impressive. For sure. And, you know, again, that it, it's a testament to the those guys, that, you know, that were in spring training this year. You know, we had a unique group, you know, that was brought in uh, to compete for these jobs. You know, you got a lot of experience, a lot of professionalism, you know, and they know, I mean, and you know as well from your playing time, it doesn't when you come in and, and compete with with each other for each other you know it's gonna it's gonna bode well for everybody and, and play it's you know when you obviously we all know that it's individualized as far as when the when the results come out to play it's your numbers are your numbers but how you get those numbers and when you're doing it for each other those numbers are gonna be better at the, end of the year and I think those guys know that from their from their experience and, and their professionalism and I think we saw that when you look at those guys like Josh Harrison, Logan Forsyth, Ronald Torres, um, you know, Phil Goslin, I mean, who, who, uh, Neil Walker, you had five legitimate, you know, guys that could be in the big leagues helping the Philadelphia Phillies out, and they're all competing at the same level. Really, they were, especially at the end. How do you think their mentality is, right? Being in, in their shoes before, like, how do you think their mentality is to start and stop and just be like, oh, like, I feel for them. I do. I don't care how much big league time you have. Like, those guys are yeah. competing, and it's like, oh, just to see, 
just to see the level of competition because usually it's one guy that stands out right and and goes off and everyone else is kind of there it was five guys competing at the highest of levels it, i mean a it was impressive but b i can't even imagine being in their shoes for sure yeah that's that's the hard part is you know those guys obviously we're all having good spring trainings and you know just talking to talking about as a staff it's like you know it's kind of what 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 does Joe and what what does he want as a manager? What what kind of tools does he want to have to come off the bench? Because they all they all have their strengths, different strengths, and they're all going to add certain different components that 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 could all be you know productive and and helpful off the bench. And so it's kind of just depends on how you know between the front office and the manager what the, what what they want the team to make up to be and what what, what kind of weapons they want coming off the bench because they all present you know definitely things that can help the team win yeah and i mean obviously the those decisions are above our pay grade and i i actually that's the reason why being in management and all that stuff just doesn't really do it for me because you got decisions <laughs> like that right i mean no seriously like yeah that, that is gonna be hopefully this season uh when that may be that's gonna be one of the toughest decisions to make is that that particular spot and or spots whatever it may be uh so you feel for them um, how are you staying busy right now other than, you know, just communicating with guys, but with family and everything? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's been good from a family perspective, you know, cause I think it, even when, you know, even in the off season, even when I'm home, the kids are running around crazy, you know, my 17 year old drives and got a girlfriend. And so he's, you know, usually even when I'm home, I don't see him very often. So this, uh, this has been, this has been nice to spend, spend some quality time with him and his, his little brother. And, um, you know, we've, we've been trying to do some things here and there. We've, we've been working out and, you know, me and him together been on a little workout routine, trying to keep him in shape and, and sharp for, you know, when he's got a summer season, he's got to prepare for, it looks like the high school season is going to be lost. Um, and then his, his younger brother playing as well. So we've been doing a wiffle ball up front. Um, Dude, strike just trying out to... is coming back. Strikeout <laughs> is coming back and I love it. That's about the one huge positive I see out of this. Absolutely. So no, we've just been trying to keep busy and, and going on a lot of walks and, you know, doing some things, spend some time with the family. We, we played some Uno and some card games at night, which the boys, you know, are, getting introduced to card games because you yeah. know everything's on everything's on have, uh, you, have you introduced them to pluck yet we have not <laughs> oh, no, the, hey, that's that's the level you got to get to yeah we we're we're, we're we're taking baby steps there we got to get them we got to we got to get them knowing how to play uno first you know <laughs> yeah yeah we got to get get uno down then we'll go, move on to the good stuff yeah, absolutely well joe i appreciate you coming on pine tar for breakfast and like all of us you know, in the Phillies organization, hope you're safe, your family's safe, and hope you have a happy Easter, man. Thanks, brother. You too. Thanks for having me on. And that was a fun conversation I had this morning with Joe Dillon, the hitting coach of your Philadelphia Phillies. A lot of good things, a lot of great things that he saw in spring training that is going to have to wait. But with that being said, you can't deny the fact that we saw a lot of good things. We saw some competition. We saw some unselfishness in spring training games and we saw some great just inner just teamwork in, in in general so i was loving talking to him about that i hope everyone has a happy easter i'm gonna catch you next week maybe monday or tuesday right here on pine tar for breakfast tune in peace
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.